Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Daily NFL Podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Giggle, Johnny B. Bad, aka Breach Palooza, aka John Breach. Did some little funny head uh, baby giggle. Anywho, today is Wednesday, September 14th. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, we're live on YouTube on YouTube around one o'clock every day. It's Tuesday, September 13th, and joining me to break down. Uh, you know, maybe we can do. I was actually, I don't I can't believe I re- went back and rewatched this, but I rewatched the cover three after uh, upon further review. When they do like a Monday Monday show, they sort of take a deeper dive into stuff that you know, maybe got glossed over, or you know, warrants a, a second look from the from the weekend that was. And maybe maybe we start turn Tuesday show to that. Uh, but joining me to to look at some betting angles to talk about some of the the games coming up this week, maybe review some some bigger topics. John Breach, the aforementioned John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, fellas? You know, I only shook my head. I was just trying to wake myself up. I saw you last night, for instance. I was trying to make sure this wasn't a dream. Two podcasts with you in 12 hours. That is literally my fantasy. And then we throw Sullivan in. What a, what a great addition. Yeah, it's a good combo. I like it. Yeah. It's a little, little two, two meat, two veggie, one meat, or whatever. Two meats and a veggie. This is what they do down south. I got three of them to do that right here. Um, you know, I started watching um, right before the show was The, uh, the Bear on Hulu. Ooh. I haven't seen that one yet. Everybody uh, says to watch Chicago it. Chicago Well, he is in Chicago. Um, I think that the gist of it is he's a James Beard winning chef who takes over his uh, deceased brother's like Chicago beef, like one of the famous restaurants in Chicago, like, you know, the Chicago. Well, I can't remember what the exact name is, but it's like, you know, like they serve like the hot beef sandwiches and, and he's in there um, trying to make it. Anyway, I've I watched one, one episode, so he so you're locked in now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go watch another one as we get done here. Um, so let's let's let's, let's go. Um, just kidding. We are gonna look at some of the uh, the betting line movement from some trends too. Because Sully, was this is this a early odds by Sully? Wow, have you taken over John Breach's early odds? I like it. Yeah, I think I started doing that last Breach. year. You created you created this post, by the way. I happily pass the torch on to Sully, and he's done a fantastic job. Okay. Well, I mean, but you did create the post, right? It was not. A, it was not a thing until you started writing it. Oh yeah, back in the day, like that was like four or five years ago. I think 2016. Yeah, yeah 1984. 1984. Yeah. No, Breach started writing it, and now Sully is the. Uh, so yeah, it was a kind of real uh, father son situation going on here. Like and it. now we're both on the podcast with you. Maybe you could write it next year. 
It's like you're like the great grandfather to all this. Ooh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, ouch, ouch. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> um, what is uh, Sully? You know, having done the early odds, breach, having taught, we did the you know the, the really early odds on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening uh, at halftime. What's uh, what's been the biggest mover? Do you guys know what what line has moved the most out of all the week two spreads? I, I don't I don't know if there's a great answer to that. Oh my goodness, it looks like the Rams. Down to 10 and a half from 13 and a half. That is a pretty big one. Anything else uh, stand out? Yeah, that's that's a big one. Also, I mean, obviously, the Cowboys, the Cowboys and the Bengals. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was, I, I forget what it was when it opened. But again, like a lot of these lines open in like uh, seven, uh, a pick. Yeah, okay. So it was a pick them and now it's fully a touchdown for the for the Bengals. Uh, the you gotta bet the Bengals as uh, as as under two point two nine point to three point underdogs basically. The Bengals are up to seven and a half now. Sure. So you're not even you don't even get you bet the touchdown you that's a good thing because now you don't even get seven points now you have to now they have to win by eight for you to win uh, yeah I mean Dak Prescott's out for a while then the Cowboys looked like crap and the Bengals played had like seventeen turnovers and still almost won that game the Bengals are going to win by double digits which we may or may not talk about later I but think, well you, we can start with that if you want well I'll just say real quick there were a couple Brinson one that I know surprised us was the Patriots being favored over the Steelers. And when I was writing my picks last night, the Patriots were favored by one. And I thought maybe, you know, we talked about maybe that goes back toward the Steelers because in Pittsburgh and the Steelers coming off a huge win. But no, it went the opposite way. This, the Patriots are now favored by one and a half. Um, and then the Seahawks point spread. Surprisingly, the Seahawks were an eight and a half point underdog to the 49ers last night. And you thought, oh, they upset the Broncos. So now people are going to, just bang the Seahawks. That point spread is going to shrink. It, it did not shrink. The Seahawks are now a nine-point underdog. So that one moved a half point. I thought that was surprising. So, but, but it sounds like based on what Pete Carroll said on uh, Seattle Sports Radio on Tuesday that Jamal Adams is likely out for the year, which is, you know, they, they certainly, I mean, Jamal Adams is a polarizing figure, but clearly he they're better with him on the field. And I felt like the defense looked better when he was out there. I mean, he had some big hits, nearly had an interception. But that's that's a big loss for a Seattle team that is living, you know, on the margin in terms of trying to make the playoffs. Good thing they're playing a team this week that doesn't have a quarterback, so that might not hurt them. Ha ha ha! Just kidding, 49ers fans. Um, and then the last one that moved a half point from when I was writing last night, Monday night, uh, Vikings Eagles. The Vikings were a one and a half point underdog. They are now a two point underdog. Hmm. The um, other line I saw that looked like it moved a, a lot for at least for because remember we've had these lines for like months now because they like Sully points out they came out in the summer. Uh, Raiders are minus six. The Raiders are now minus two and a half. Oh no, Raiders were two and a half. The Raiders are minus six against the Cardinals. Six. That's a lot of points for the Las Vegas Raiders who didn't look that great. Oh, that, uh, is, Titans, that was five and a half this morning. Mm. Bills were minus seven and a half in the opening line. Bills are now minus ten. My God. Against the Titans. I mean, I think that's probably a byproduct of what we saw from the Bills and what we saw from the Titans. I mean, obviously. The um, other one I saw that was kind of maybe uh, maybe it. Oh, the Lions are minus two and a half. And that opened as a pick them. The Browns are minus six against the Jets at home. That that opened at four and a half. So those are some of the bigger movers. Let's talk about the Patriots Steelers. Because the Patriots look like crap. They lost to the Dolphins four straight. They've never Bill Belichick has never beaten Tua, Tonga Valoa, which is like the weirdest thing ever. If he retires after this year, or is fired after this year, he may never have a chance to. I mean, neither of those things is happening. 
But it, but if it did, he may me retire without ever beating Tua Tungabello. If I'm Tua, I retire. And then I get to say, <laughs> yeah. I never lost to Belichick. And I tell everybody that every single day for the rest of my life. Isn't it like he's tied with like John Elway or something like that? With like, Elway, like, yeah, it's him and John Elway. Oh, it's a good company it's to keep. Company. I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Definitely. Um, Elway is Elway a lefty? No, Steve Young's no. a lefty. Elway's yeah. right, yeah. I was just I was I was trying to I was trying to I was trying to like force John Elway to be a lefty to be like oh maybe that's the issue, um, it's not. Jake Plummer was ambidextrous, so everyone knows that. Uh, Jake Plummer is three and zero against Belichick. Is why I bring that up. Good stat. And he was an ambidextrous snake because that's a quarterback you would never guess. That's being right. Undefeated against Belichick. That's right. Um, Sully, you uh, we we talked at at length multiple times about the Patriots' offense and the concerns with the offense. Um feel like they were justifiable concerns and that the offense is a problem and Matt, now Mike Jones has a back injury. Where uh, where are you as a Pats fan on this on this uh, <laughs> on this season and and this general you know it's, exa- it's kind of exactly where I kind of thought we'd be. I mean we've talked about it a bunch well like I had a lot of concerns about where this team was heading not only personnel wise but obviously you know at the play caller spots with Matt Patricia calling plays and Joe Judge working with the quarterbacks and one of the things I think I most recently uh, spoke with you about was the offensive line issues and that to me was an underrated story kind of going into the year moving Trent Brown from right tackle to left tackle Isaiah Wynn going to right tackle and, you know, obviously the Cole Strange pick moving on from from multiple guys there, kind of really changing of the guard outside of like David Andrews and Owenu coming in. And so for me, that was the big concern. And that was something we saw in training camp where all of a sudden, every time it would shift from seven on sevens to 11 on 11s and things would get live and look more like actual football, the offense would completely fall on its face and not be able to move the ball. And I think that that's kind of what you saw a little bit in the preseason then certainly in that opener against Miami, the protection for Mac Jones just wasn't good and he's getting hurt because of it. So, I mean, I don't know how you look at that and say, all right, even with a, you know, even with TJ Watt not playing in this game and he's going to be out for a little bit, I still don't know how you're looking at them and saying, all right, this is a, you know, clear favorite to win this game against Pittsburgh. I know that they had issues along their offensive line and all that too, but I don't know how you can go in that type of environment and still face a good defense like that and expect to any other result than them losing. The one thing about the Steelers, if you look at like, I mean, we you know we just this sort of happens when you're you know going through and reviewing you know the the week and and you know we're like all right like this, you know, I mean I mean you know I I, I I was thrown aback I was taken aback by the statistical disparity between the Bengals and the Steelers in that game, like it is pretty crazy. The Steelers had 13 first downs, the Bengals had 32. The Steelers converted four of 15 third downs. The Bengals converted eight of 16. 267 net yards, 4.4 yards per play for the Steelers. 432 net yards and 4.6 yards per play for the Bengals. Eight penalties for 59 yards for the Steelers. Four penalties for 27 yards for the Bengals. It's like you look at this box score and you think the Bengals won 35 to 7. Or like 35-14. And the Bengals scored 20 points. And lost to the Steelers. Just you, you have your earpiece in, right, John? You can hear me talking, right? Just to be clear. He's um, just trying to ignore it. Choose not to respond. My point being well, is I, that I think that the Steelers, who were gifted what five turnovers by the Bengals, might be terrible on offense too. And well, there, and there, I, might be, there might be seventeen points scored in this game. 
And I just want to be clear, the Steelers scored 17 points off of Bengals turnovers. One of them was a pick six. So you're talking about an offense that literally scored six points against the Bengals on its own. And you're talking about an offense in the Patriots that scored, literally scored seven points on its own. So I think that is the odds makers are thinking, well, slamming this under Belichick owns, owns Tomlin and you have two offenses that we really don't know what to make of. Because I'll, I'll tell you this though, real quickly, the Patriots recently haven't been good on the road in terms of you know someone who you'd like to bet on. Zero and four streak on the road and one and five in against the spread in their last six games overall. So I mean, it it hasn't been a really strong bet for them in recent history under Mac Jones. Well, and I'll throw out a stat that is pro Patriots since Sullivan is anti Patriots here. Uh, obviously TJ Watt with his pec injury will not be playing on Sunday. We don't know when he's going to be returning, but he definitely will not be playing Sunday. The Steelers have played four games since Watts, since Watt was drafted. They played four games without him due to injury. They are 0-4 in those games. So they have never won without TJ Watt since his rookie year in 2017. And the teams they lost to the bears, the Bengals, the Browns, the chargers. I mean, and, I'll tell, I mean, I'll tell you this and, real quick. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Will. I was going to just to uh, just to further dump on Sullivan's. <laughs> Sullivan's. Uh, I can't. It sounds so weird to dump on your. Uh, like, if you look at the the road games at Miami this year, at Miami to close last year, um, at Indy, at Buffalo. Actually, they won at Buffalo, I guess. So, um, and then uh, at, but then like if you look, they were actually good on the road against bad teams or questionable teams, and they snuck one out against the Chargers too. Beat the Texans, beat the Jets, beat the Panthers, um, beat the Falcons. So it's sort of, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't disagree with your 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 point about the trend about the road stuff. It's just like if the Steelers aren't a good team, and I think the Steelers might not be a good team. Now the Mac Jones thing. Do we think that he's fine? Is he going to play? What's the what's the deal there? He said he's fine. I mean, it's back spasms. It, it felt like it was, you know, trending in a bad direction, obviously, after the game going in for x-rays. But he spoke yesterday. Typically, when players speak, you know, that's relatively good news. And so he said he thinks he'll be able to play. Really no limitations. We'll obviously see how he practices on Wednesday and all that. But I'd anticipate him being out there. Okay. Um, I mean, I kind of like the Patriots in this spot, I think. I'll tell you, they're the more desperate team right now. I mean, you look at their schedule – the next two games are against Baltimore for the home opener, and then you go to Lambeau Field and you face the Packers. And, oh, and obviously, and so you kind of got to win this game, or you're looking at an 0 4 start to the season, I would say. Yeah. And then you've got Lions at home at the Browns. Oh, so you got you got a stretch there, too, where you could, they can, if you can get to two and two, and, and Belichick chops his seasons up like this. No, you can't do it as easily because there's 17 games now, but he likes to do the quarterly. And I'm sure a lot of coaches do, but he's just talked about it. Like he likes to like, all right, let's get through a quarter and see where we are. I think if he got to two and two in this first quarter of games, he'd feel pretty damn good about it. Uh, and, and that means you really have to win at Pittsburgh because it, it would, it's unlikely you're beating both Baltimore at home and the winning at Green Bay. Not impossible, but unlikely. Well, and you know, what's crazy is that, and Sully even mentioning the possibility of, 0-4 is wild because there has been no team better at avoiding 0-2 than the New England Patriots. You guys know when the last time New England started 0-2? Um, the, on the Cincinnati year? Sully, what's your guess? Uh, that would be my guess. The answer is 2001. Wow. Ooh. 
It's been over 20 years since they have started 0 and 2, and that is the longest run in the NFL without starting. Oh, that's, so is that when they had Bledsoe? They started 0 and 2 with Bledsoe, or or did Bledsoe get hurt? And I forget what week that was. To be honest with you, whatever that it was in September. I know that, uh, and it was against the Jets. And yeah, Bledsoe, it, yeah it was, they they lost to the Jets. They lost 10 to three to the Jets in week two. Bledsoe got hurt. Brady came in, and then. Yada yada yada. Mac Jones is hurt. Are we saying Bailey Zappi? You know, <laughs> is it all happening? Uh, coming full circle here. Wow, that'd be crazy. Um, then they won the next week against the Colts. Lost to the Dolphins. I mean, they only finished where they finished ten and five. I mean, ten. I guess ten and five is really good. I mean, they won their five, last five games, which is helpful. And six, seven of their last eight. Um, and then obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. So, oh, two, maybe not the worst thing in the world. Just saying, just Tom Brady's second year. It's Mac Jones' second year. The parallels. The parallels. It's all happening. So you sound like you're taking the Steelers in this one. Yeah. Breach. I think the under is the move, personally. It's down to 40 and a half. I bet it closes under 40, almost certainly. This is not a game I would bet on, but I would begrudgingly take the Patriots. I think I would take the Patriots as well. All right, so... Uh, overall wellness check on the Patriots offense is it's very concerning. Is the defense better? Like the, the the Dolphins really only should have scored like seven, six points, honestly. Yeah. I mean, obviously the strip sack turn, you know, fumble return for a touchdown. It's not on the defense. They, they played w- relatively well. I mean, obviously that Jalen Waddle 40 something yard on, on fourth and seven with like 30 seconds. Seven, yeah. That's like the least Belichick thing of all time. Right. Right. So, very I mean, scary. you know, I, I do wonder, you guys are though. saying the Dolphins went for it on fourth and long instead of kicking a long field goal. Mm. Yeah. So it does work. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ain't no hack it. Um, okay. So wellness check on the Patriots. Not very good. But agree. If they can go two and two, all of a sudden they can. I can see this team being like seven and two, and everybody's like, they're terrible. What is happening? <laughs> Say it, Brenton. There's a path. Oh, there's a path, baby. You see the schedule after the freaking um the middle of that schedule is pretty 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 neat. I mean they after at Green Bay then it's Lions at home, at Browns, Bears at home, at Jets. I mean that's just they just have to go four and in that stretch. I'll tell you this though, um, just just in terms of a long stretch, they do get that like prime time stretch at the end of the year, which is not great. Mm. Yeah, they do. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Four games in a row in primetime? Mm-hmm. Why are they doing that to us? That's going to be terrible. People are going to be complaining about the Patriots. At Vikings, Bills at home, at Cardinals, at Raiders, four consecutive primetime games. I guess one's Thanksgiving. Oh, then the Thursday game. Oh, interesting, interesting. All right, let's move on to. Can't find my list of games I want to talk about. The Vikings and the Eagles. Ooh. Fun game. My Eagles. Debo's Vikings. My Vikings. Uh, Debo's Vikings. He's been on, oh, the, Vikings. on the Vikings bandwagon. He's, he's, he's up the Eagles. I he gave up the Eagles and he's taken over the Vikings. Well, I knew he gave up the Eagles. I just wasn't sure what bandwagon he had jumped on instead. Well, remember Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, his his actual favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite show. Yeah. 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 Thank favorite you. Now, now I remember. Um this is maybe the game of the week. It's a Monday night game, right? And it's not gonna end till midnight Eastern time. Are you allowed to stay up that late, Brinson? Oh will you be, will you be watching more of uh Titans, Bills, or Eagles, Vikings, or they will cross over. Yeah, there yeah, is. I don't. I don't like eight thirty. 
or the, the bear that chef show you were watching. You want to watch that instead? <laughs> what um what is the t- television set up for these two? Is one on, are they both ESPN on ABC? Ah. I'll be watching both then. Yeah. If you had to pick one is is how I meant to phrase it. I know you got oh, it. Vikings Eagles for sure. I mean, once a time, Titans are plucky. They could keep that close. Oh, this line has moved a, a lot. The Vikings Eagles. It was Eagles minus three and a half, and now it's Eagles minus two. Ma ma ma. Titans are plucky. Bills Bills could destroy them. Um, this over under is also going up to fifty one and a half. Did I say to take it like forty nine? Pretty sure I did. It's shooting up. Yep. Um, so that's a lot of movement for that for a, a, the double header game on Monday night. I mean, that's substantial. I think that the amount of respect being given to the Vikings here, Sully, is uh, first of all well earned, and second of all, like I mean, very clear that like it seems like the, it's the public is like everybody's sort of like, all right, the Vikings are freaking great. Like very quickly after one week, which I get it. Kevin O'Connell looked, you know, looked like he knew what he was doing. Kirk Cousins, the offense was explosive. Justin Jefferson is probably the best wide receiver in football right now. But like, this is a very quick turnaround for a team that maybe it's maybe because people were buying it, buying them in the offseason and then like jumped on when they look good. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's it's partially that. Like, you know, everybody kind of circled this game. I know we talked about it. Like, this could be an upset game. This could be the, you know, the game that, you know, the Vikings take over and kind of make a statement that they can take. The NFC North and all that, and when you're proven right, you're like, okay, we're gonna, you know, yeah. go to the Super Bowl and all that. So there's, they, they, they've kind of been uh, emboldened a little bit, I think, in, in that regard. But I'm gonna stick with my preseason pick, my kind of sleeper. I like the Eagles here. You know, I, I think that again, they overall have a, you know, great team in terms of their overall, you know, defense, offense. Jalen Hurts, I think, is you know, gonna get only better as the season goes on. And so for me, I'm going to lean that way. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a letdown for the Vikings. You know, obviously it's a big game for them. Want to make a statement first time with the head coach. Uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a letdown here. I will say that I'm high on the Vikings. Uh, you talk yes, about the you preseason. Shouldn't, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do drugs, Breach. I, hey, if Aaron Rodgers does, why can't I, Brinson? Let me ask you that. But speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I had the Vikings. doing Hiawaska. Vikings. I had, I had the Vikings. I had the Vikings upset the Packers last week, and this is kind of around the same point spread. And I just feel like Minnesota, that Kevin O'Connell has unlocked them. I mean, you look at the team last year, Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer like fighting each other on the field. You can't have that kind of quarterback head coach relationship and expect to be successful. And so O'Connell actually knows what he's doing. He doesn't have Zimmer, uh, you know, breathing down his neck saying, run the ball, play defense. That's how we win games. O'Connell does whatever he wants. And that's why we're seeing Justin Jefferson get the kind of target and the kind of load that he should, uh, you know, putting up huge numbers against the Packers. I just love the Vikings in the spot. I think they can pull off the upset. Yes, I know Kirk Cousins is bad in prime time. Two and nine on Monday night in his career, both wins against the Bears. So those don't even count as wins. Uh, But I do think he can do this. You want to hear a fun fact, guys? The Eagles have lost in week two in five straight years. They are 0-5. In week two since 2017. Um, interesting. Here is a here's a great stat from um, Dwayne McFarland of PFF. Love Dwayne. Great, he does a great job there. Um, Justin Jefferson last year saw 24 percent of his targets against a linebacker or safety in primary coverage. In week one against the Packers, that number was 60 percent, and those targets turned into five catches for 148 yards and two touchdowns. That is good schematic work by Kevin O'Connell. That is like using. It's it's using like 
obvious football like information, but in an like you're trying to maximize your that is that see when people talk about analytics, like that's not necessarily like it in analytics, but it is. It's like saying, okay, we need to get a certain threshold of these targets for Justin Jefferson against a linebacker safety. It's just the same as when people are like, you know, you got to get matched up against a linebacker safety. Like it's it's just taking football information and like processing it in an analytical fashion. I don't, I don't know why I'm ranting about that, but like that's that's the difference between Kevin O'Connell and Mike Zimmer is that he understood like you know Zimmer's like let's try and get these matchups. Kevin O'Connell's like no 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 we need to schematically hit a certain percentage of these you know to to maximize his production. Yeah, I mean, you saw that even in the in the opener against the Rams in the in the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they weren't just putting Stephon Diggs on Jalen Ramsey. They were moving him around kind of as a chess piece to get the matchup that they want. It's the same yeah. type of thing. So when you have these high-octane offenses and these offensive minds kind of running the show, these kind of newer guys, a Ken Dorsey, a Kevin O'Connell, that's the kind of thing that you're going to see on a weekly basis. Yep, exactly. I will, tell you, I will tell you this, though, uh, real quickly. I'll, I'll raise Breach a stat here. Uh, the Vikings, like you said, you know, Kirk Cousins not great on Monday night. They're also not great after a straight-up win recently. Three and seven against the spread, falling straight-up win. That was the Mike Zimmer era, though. Okay. Mike Zimmer's out, Sullivan. Uh, and you know what? Let's not forget the most underrated part of this game. It is a Jalen Rager revenge game, people. No way the Vikings are losing. Not Jalen. I'm win. not scared of the... Yep, the Eagles are the ghost of Jalen Rager. Yeah, the ghost of Jalen Rager. I, I I like the I I still think I like the over in this game. It's obviously creeped up a bit, um, but 50, 51 and a half is a lot. It's just we saw the Eagles. I think the Eagles defense is pretty good, but we saw the Eagles allow the the Lions to score a bunch of points in garbage time. And I would think that because what we didn't see was, you know, I remember all all of last year we saw the you know the Vikings if they got down they could like like score a bunch of points in a, in a flurry. And it was like, oh man, imagine they just did that all the time. Well, maybe they'll do that all the time. I don't think that the Vikings defense will completely shut down the Eagles offense. I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball, score pretty easily. Um, they I, they have explosive playmakers. I like the over in this spot. Um, it's certainly, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to like wait. Like, I, I think it will, I don't think it's going to come back down. It's, you know, it's, it would take, I, it would take some sort of, Practice injury. injury or something for that. Yeah, even absolutely. Um, and then I, I'm probably going to take the Eagles, but if it's already down to two, I'm going to wait a little bit. Uh, I don't, you know, it could go, I don't think they're flying back up to three. Clearly, there are people invested in, like, I, liking the idea of taking Minnesota at plus three. Um, both these teams look like, like, I don't think it'd be crazy if this is the NFC Championship game. Ooh, you have the, uh, you like have the Seahawks in the NFC Championship. Did I say that? You can't, can't have three teams, Brenton. Yeah, you said Seahawks NFC Championship on last night's show. I said a lot of things last night. Um, I, I had them winning the NFC West, but the did I make? Did I actually make a bet? I can't remember now. Uh, base tattoo. I thought that's what I. We heard. were talking about it. I think I think I got all nervous. I got all nervous after when Debo tried to tell me that we were going to win this podcast award. If you, if you're listening on the podcast on on Wednesday, thank you for your continued support. If you're watching right now, check your email. If you voted for us the first time around, People's Choice. We'll have sent you something around August 8th. If you have the ability to vote and have not yet, we want Brinson to get a tattoo. So so go do that. You have about uh, 10 hours left. I should look and see if I got one. For August 8th, you said? Yes. If I got one, would I vote for myself? That's the question. That is 
a question. The answer is yes. I'm guessing they would not want to. They would not give me a. a an it's award. random. They don't know that it's. They don't, they don't know that I'm a, a potential award-winning show. podcast host. Okay. Okie doke. Let's take a break. I didn't get one. Don't worry about it. I can't. I can't vote against myself. Uh, yeah, but if you uh, if you got an email from the People's Choice Podcast Awards, open it up. Check August eighth. I mean, I, search, I assume if I search People's Choice in my email, it would show up. Yeah, that should that should get you there. One would hope so. Let's see, I'll double check podcast awards. I do like the idea of voting against my own tattoo. No, I got nothing. Um, oh well. Anywho, let's take a break and we come back. More games, deeper dive on some of the spreads that have moved and what games may have changed next. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. So, one of the other games we want to look at: the Bears or Packers? Bears versus Packers. The the Packers, like people, people just want to be out on the Packers. Um. Wait, what is happening? Why is uh, what what is why is why is Ryan Wilson chatting us about me getting a tattoo? I don't like that. Anyway, the Packers uh, nice ten over under four. Because I dropped a tweet in Slack of someone this morning tweeting us to let us know they voted for us in the podcast awards. Deadly. So now you are one vote closer to a tattoo. That is why Wilson is letting you know. Welcome to Tattoo Town. You should get uh, your tattoo should say "Welcome to Tattoo Town." I don't think so. I don't know what I got. That would be great. All right, Bears and Packers. This line's out to ten. Was nine and a half when Breach and I recorded the the show on Sunday evening. I mean, I kind of feel like I know that you. I know Breach. You said that you don't think the Packers are going to get anything going on offense because of the receiver situation. I feel like they might just on cork of, of an ugly one on the bears and the defense could absolutely like the bears shouldn't have really shouldn't have scored that like shouldn't have scored 19 points against the the 49ers they should have scored like seven points maybe yeah i mean i'm not going to overreact to a lot of week one stuff i mean just because so much stuff changes i mean even last year with the packers right like they you know got what was it they put up three points against the saints or something like that it wasn't a strong performance and you know we're talking about a year where Aaron Rodgers was the MVP it's it's not you know again as much as week one is a huge you know kickoff of the year I still don't want to change my yearly predictions just off of what we saw in that game so for me I was looking at the Chicago Bears being you know they could be one of the lowest scoring teams in the NFL if not the lowest scoring team in the NFL and just because they played in a monsoon against you know Trey Lance in his first you know, year as the full-time starter and all that, I kind of throw it out the window a little bit. I still think that the Packers should be favored in this game. And as much as we kind of want to maybe turn the, you know, pass the torch over to the Vikings a little bit, I still think that they are going to be a force in the, in the division. 
Yeah, I don't love to put a ton of stock into week one, but I know, you know, everybody keeps bringing up the fact that the Packers only scored three points in week one last year, and they came back and scored five touchdowns in week two against the Lions. But like last year's Packers team had an offensive identity, and that was throw the ball to Devontae Adams as as often as possible. Uh, As you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers playing at MVP level. You know, we need to see that. And also, they don't have an identity right now. And that's the problem. They have so many problems, and I don't know that they can fix it in five days of practice or four days of practice or three days of practice, whatever amount of practice they have this week. And so, I mean, I think the Packers are going to win this game. We've seen the stats. I think Aaron Rodgers is 11-0, both straight up and against the spread after his past 11 losses. So, like, you don't want to bet against that. But I, I just, man, nine and a half is a ton of points for a team that only scored seven last week. The, the biggest thing for me will be the status of the offensive tackles and Alan Lazard. Because if all of a sudden those guys are playing, that does change how we look at this offense. I mean, we're going to that game when you're down, you're starting tackles, you're, you know, I know it's not Devontae Adams, but your number one wide receiver, that should fit everybody else in into better situations, whether it be the running backs and A.J. Dillon and, and, and Aaron Jones or even like a guy like Romeo Dobbs and, and Christian Watson, like, you know, they're not asked to be the number one guy. At least they have Lazard who has at least been there a little bit in the NFL. Yeah. I don't, I don't I'm not worried about the, I mean, I'm, I am concerned about the receiver situation, but I'm not that worried about it. like they, I mean, that's the, the, the shot play to Christian Watson should have hit. And if that hits all of a sudden it changes the entire dynamic of that game against the Vikings. You're not playing from behind as much. You know, I think I think that's the sort of thing that frustrates Aaron Rodgers. I, I I think they'll get a, I think they'll work another shot play in to Watson in this game to make up for it. Maybe not the first play from from scrimmage, but Aaron Jones will see more targets. Um, I expect you know a lot of downhill running. I think you can run pretty well against the Bears. And and the difference between the 49ers and the Bears, or the 49ers and the Packers is I don't think the Packers will be playing from behind. So you're going to get like if if the Packers get a lead, like they're ten point favorites. We expect them to have a lead. Playing with a lead against the Bears with that run game that the Packers have versus playing from behind against the Vikings is a whole with, with a, you know having to use the wide receivers and not throwing downfield at all. It's just a whole different ballgame. So I, I think I'm going to probably take the Packers, not as like a best bet or anything, but I think they're going to blow out the Bears. This is the same thing as last year. They scored seven points, scored three last year, blow out the Lions at home in the, in the Lambeau debut. You're going to get angry Aaron Rodgers, blow out the Bears. He owns the Bears. He literally said, I own the Bears last year so uh, give, i'll take the packers here but 10 is a lot maybe you prefer in a teaser or maybe find a money line parlay that works but you know it, it's maybe it's bears team total under or something like that i i just expect to blow up for the packers i, I don't want to lay the 10 personally but that you know, to me my, my concern is like i have a much higher rate of concern over the with the with the patriots offense and the packers offense for instance for sure for sure. And it's not like, you know, it, I think it's somewhere in the middle of, you know, obviously we looked at the Packers and somewhat of the same way as the Chiefs, obviously losing a top tier weapon in their offense. I'm not saying that Rodgers is going to do what Patrick Mahomes did last week because I don't know if he has that in him right now, especially with this core. But I still think that they will be a respectable offense. Meanwhile, the Patriots, I don't think that that's going to be the case. Agreed. All right. Moving along to the Bengals and Cowboys. Bengals, uh, I'm not sure if anybody's aware, they are 0-1. They did not win in week one. They lost to the Steelers. That's just a piece of information I'm throwing out there. To remind us. What is happening here? Oh, man. 
really going to eat up this. I, I'm glad I don't have a team that I care about passionately out, like in the NFL. Cause I mean, it's, but things go south. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Outside the Eagles. Outside right. the Eagles. Okay. okay. Jumps down. off the Eagles bandwagon at his. I said passionately. Like, if the Eagles lose, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm like, like, Breach, you can see the hurt in Breach. You could see the hurt in Breach. There's no hurt. It, it, when your team loses. Line. You're in pain. No, when your team it's loses so an insane game, it's just, you're incredulous. There's no, there's no hurt. There's no happiness. There's just. That's the most bangle thing that ever happened. I've seen it happen so many times that nothing shocks me anymore. Not, not only that, it was not only did you lose, but you lost in in the in your in your passion too. It was through the kicking game too. Like it was, I, I, it was exactly, a double whammy exactly. through the long snapping game. Okay, no, 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 there was let's, be, let's be clear here. Evan Evan broke D McPherson, shanked an extra point, and then he then he skull after the uh, extra point was blocked. He missed a 29 yard field goal. Like, this is your the hero. laces were in. Your hero shanked an extra point and shanked a 29 yard field goal. Uh, you know what, though? They're going to bounce back with, uh, I don't want to say this is my lock of the week, but this is as close as you can get. The Bengals, look, the Cowboys scored three points with Dak Prescott. What are they going to score with Cooper Rush? One. Can you score one? Is that possible? Because that's the max here. This, they are not going to score more than one point. Maybe they get three if they get lucky. And, the, the, you know, maybe it's a good thing the Bengals lost because now there's a 100% chance they are not going to overlook the Cowboys. This is going to be – they're going to go out there. They're going to put their foot on the gas. They're going to try and score 30 points knowing that there's no way the Cowboys are matching them at 30 points. So if they turn this game into a shootout, they're going to win by double. They're going to score 24 points and it's game over. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a get-right game. You know, you, 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 I don't think that Joe Burrow is going to have the type of performance that he had in the opener with multiple interceptions and in a fumble and all that stuff. I don't, I just don't see that happening two weeks in a row. He's too talented for that to be the case. And you know, as much as their offensive line, I, I think gave up a ton of sacks. Like, I, I think that they're going to be better as well. Obviously, Micah Parsons is a force no matter what, but still, I don't know if he has the ability to wreck it as much as he would if it was a fully healthy Dallas offense. If all of a sudden you're cooking on both cylinders, well, yeah, obviously you're talking about a totally different game. But when you start now looking at the absence of Dak Prescott and the absence of your starting left tackle, Tyron Smith, I mean, you know, as much as that was a factor with the Dak Prescott-led offense, now it's a Cooper Rush-led offense without your star left tackle. That really changes the game for you offensively. I, I, I just think that this is one of those situations where the Bengals, because of what happened last week, they have kind of a T-ball, kind of just sitting there ready to hit a home run type of opponent in the Cowboys right for the picking, and I think they take it. Yeah, this is a game, too, where like the it's seven and a half now, right? I mean, this is yeah. this might get up to eight or, or eight or eight, nine. I mean, I, I don't know if it get to ten. That implies that like he'd be 16-point favorite at home. But, I mean, the Cowboys suck. The Cowboys sucked before Dak Prescott got hurt. Like, they weren't doing anything on offense. They couldn't, um, you know, they couldn't block – they couldn't, they were trying to run with Zeke Elliott, which is obviously they're going to like, and Jerry Jones would be like, Hey, Mike, run the ball with Zeke Elliott, keep it out of Cooper Rush's hands. The Bengals are going to stack the box, force Cooper Rush to throw, blitz like crazy, and, and <laughs> like, good luck, Cowboys. I, you know, I don't, are the Bengals a survivor pick this week? And if you want to use them this early, they're not going to lose. Of course, the last time I said a team was definitely not going to lose, they lost. So, uh, what do I? And you know what's funny is that now that Dak is injured, we can go back to the anniversary of uh, Wilson's Bears Up Path. <laughs> that happened when Dak got injured. Oh, that's right. And they were two and three, and they were playing the Cardinals oh, yeah, Monday Night Football. And Wilson was explaining to us how they could get to nine wins. 
And then they lost 38 to 10 in their first game without Dak. And I think we're going to be, they looked absolutely lost because the, the backup quarterbacks in Dallas don't ever think they're going to play because Dak was always healthy. And I, it's just, it would be shocking to see Cooper Rush have a huge game. All right. What's, who's, who's the, who's, I got a, I got a plus 110, 14 money line parlay that pays out plus money. Like, you know, to, you know you're getting, you know, it's basically even money. The Bengals, the Packers, the Broncos at home against the Texans and the Rams at home against the Falcons. Who's who's screwing that parlay up? Wait, Bengals, Broncos, who? Falcons and Rams. Packers and Rams, excuse me. Oh my God, I was about to say, you're picking the Falcons to beat uh, the Rams? It's basically the four biggest money lines out there. Three are home teams. The Bengals are on the road, so I could trash the Bengals and see what it is. It's one fifty minus 159, so it's pretty expensive. So who's screwing that one up? I think the Rams are good. Uh, I mean, the Broncos. I was just gonna say, if all of a sudden, I know, I know, it's if it was any other team, I'd be like, all right, well, maybe they. It would have to be a, another self implosion, like this, this, yeah, all this stuff did. from the sixty-four yard field goal. They all those play. questions carry over into the next game, and like the Bengals feel safe. The Bengals on the road feel safer than the Broncos at home against the Texans, right? For sure. If I had to rate my confidence of those four games, it would go Bengals, Rams, Packers, Broncos. Okay, uh, Packers, Rams, Bengals money line par- parlay is minus one twenty-eight. That's not bad. If you take the fear, of course, the Texans are uh, the Broncos are obviously winning if <laughs> you know, that happens. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I think since he, I think since he rolls, the, I think since he rolls big here. I know she didn't throw the bills in your money line or your parlay. Uh, yeah, I did not. The Titans are, I mean, the Titans are beating the, the bills before, like last year. I mean, you know, they're looking the same exact same spot, wasn't it? <laughs> Like, like last year against the wasn't it like week two Monday night football. I think it was a little bit later in the season, but yeah, I mean, it was that they won and that's it all that was matters. Week, week six Monday night football. Yeah. In uh, at Tennessee, the, the difference there. All right. Um, finally bucks and saints. Tom Brady's never won against the New Orleans saints as a member of Tampa Bay, which is just wild. The Buccaneers looked, I mean, how, how, all right. So the bucks are minus three here over under 44. How good did we feel about the Buck? Like, who do we feel better about right now in terms of the division, the Bucks or the Saints? Still the Bucks, or <laughs> I think I'd still say the Bucks, but I don't know if I'm saying that just because of it's the Bucks, and I'm like, just all right, Tom Brady, yeah, like... and they'll just find a way. But I don't know. <laughs> the Saints kind. I kind of like the taking the points. The Saints, the Saints were terrible for three quarters, by the way. Horrible, terrible, atrocious, terrible. Like they were getting blown out by the Falcons and somehow won that. It's impossible that they won that game. If they were playing any other team, they lose. Yeah, but they were playing the one team that blows double Yes. Um, I still like the Buccaneers to win the division. What about this game? This feels like, and I feel the same way about Colts Jacksonville, where there's just there's a streak there. And it's kind of baked into the spread where I feel like Indy should be a five or six point favorite, but they're only a four because yeah. they've lost to Jacksonville seven straight times. And maybe oh, right, the, right, and maybe the the Bucks should be like a four point favorite, but they're only a three because Tom Brady can't beat New Orleans. And I, I would say if you're the Buccaneers, the one thing that had to encourage you 
is that the Saints gave up over 200 yards rushing to the Falcons and Leonard Fournette had a huge week one. And so if you're Brady, you're thinking, all right, how do I slow this pressure down? Let's just hand it off to uh, playoff Lenny back there to Lombardi Lenny uh, 40 times in this game and see what happens. So I'm, I'm again, begrudgingly taking the Bucs. I don't love it. I wouldn't bet on it. But I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, I wouldn't make it a best bet, but I, I think I would take the points and, and kind of ride history here with the Saints. I mean, as much as they weren't great in that game against the Falcons, that fourth quarter, you know, if, if Winston can play like that, you're it's talking about revenge game too. Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. We've had like a bunch of those though. No, did or we no, he tore his ACL in that game, right? So uh, this is like right. this is the comeback. Did they, they took too. him down on uh on Halloween night on Sunday night uh Sunday night football, I believe. And so I don't know, just the history there. There's like, like, like Breach was saying, even, even though I'm going the opposite way, there's just something to this that I don't know, just kind of goes beyond what we, you would conventionally say. All right, well, they struggle against the Falcons, so the Buccaneers should be a, a far more difficult road. But for some reason, they play them extremely well. I think Winston, if he can continue that positive momentum from that fourth quarter into this game, the rapport he had with Michael Thomas in the in the red area and all that stuff. That's going to be a tough out for the Buccaneers, who are going to be without Chris Godwin, who you know, and still have issues along that offensive line for sure. Yeah, and the uh, Saints' pass rush is is certainly better than the Falcons. Excuse me, certainly better than well, I don't know if it's better than the Cowboys, but they have it's, it's probably equivalent to the Cowboys in totality. Even if Michael Parsons is the best pass rusher out of out of out of both teams, um, the other thing I you know I wonder will the will the Saints be willing to pass because, like, the thing about the Cowboys is I mean, the, the game plan. And Jason Garrett even said it before the game, too. He's like, I mean, you just got to run Zeke Elliott up the middle. It's like, well, no, that's the worst possible thing you can do against the Bucks. Like, they that is the one thing they do really, really, really well is stop the run. Like, they're the best run stopping team in football. The one thing you don't want to do against the Bucks is pound your like, you want to have like some very, like, variant passing games and the you know. The Saints have more weapons in terms of Thomas, Alave, Kamara is going to be ready to go. That versus the you know the Cowboys who just had CD Lamb, right? And so, yeah, I, 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 I like the Saints here. I think three is too much. Inside of a field goal, maybe they, they, I'd love to get a three and a half here because I feel like the, the, the Saints will keep it close or five. You know, they're not going to they're not going to lose nineteen to three. Like they'll be able to come back. We saw that they did it against Falcons, and if they can get a lead, yeah, they could give up some points to the Bucks, but it should be. A uh, a a pretty good, pretty close contest. I'll take the points. I think. All right, let's. Uh, we have forty five minutes out of this. It's that was fun. It's fun. It's a blast. Uh, anything else you guys want to add for looking ahead to week two? Uh, I love the Raiders over the Cardinals. Okay, I like That's the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs on Thursday against the Chargers. I also like the Chiefs on Thursday. Against oh. the Chargers. Ooh. Uh, and guess what? If you're watching yeah. on our YouTube stream, that's the only way you can watch Chiefs Chargers is on your Amazon stream. Got to have a computer. I know. I was like, get, like, prepare yourself for the like every person you know. Did I say this? I don't. I can't remember. Who, I was throwing, I said this last night or something. But like every person, every young person you know, every person under the age of fifty is going to get text from on Thursday night, especially if you write about football. Hey, how do I watch the? Chiefs Charger, I can't find this football game. Dad, go to Amazon Prime. What? Dad, Dad Venmo me $139, and I will yeah, sign you up yeah, for Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. For uh, $3,000, I'll make sure you get every Thursday night game, Dad. <laughs>
send it to send me a VIN though. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Sully, for Breach, I'm Brinson. We will talk to you guys later. Later.